Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. What God's love can do and will continue to do mm-hmm. and pass it on to them, that's the biggest thing I can give them. Having the patience and the, and the range of emotions to kind of connect with them on a deeper yeah. level each day. Mm-hmm. They see the arguing. Mm-hmm but they don't see the repair. So when I apologize to my wife, Mm -hmm. I want them to see the vulnerability. Well, hello, hey, it's good to be back with you guys. Good to be back, good to be back. This is summer, obviously. So uh, the good thing is about uh, the fact that we've got an amazing teaching team here that gets to speak into uh, you guys and into our community. So if you're a guest here, I am uh, one of the pastors, right? Yeah, I am. I don't need to reintroduce myself. But uh, for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, you've been gone forever. By the way, so have you been, okay? So we're all doing this, and so we're, I'm just glad to be back with you uh, today. And if you're a guest in the house, if you're watching online as well, glad that you're here. So, so today's talk is going to be centered around, based around a song that was actually sung by an iconic singer, artist, uh, that recently passed away, uh, Tina Turner. Anybody here, Tina Turner? Anybody? Come on. Yeah, Tina Turner, yes. And it was an iconic song. Uh, what is that iconic song? Anybody know? You're like, oh, I know so many. Some of you guys, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think we got it, right? We got, What's love got to do with it, right? Right? Uh, can we play that? Like, you guys want to sing that song? Right? Right? Let's, okay. I have no idea what's happening here. We got talent here. And for those of you who are guests, you're like, this is, what is this? What is it? I don't even know what this is. But uh, gone for a little bit, and now this happens, right? But thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, thank you. Yeah, what's love got to do with it? Uh, basically, this idea of, like, you and I, um, we um, desire love. Uh, we want to be loved. We want to give love. But love is complicated. It's so hard. And it really does make the world go round. Like as in, like it's, it's found every, in every relationship. Uh, it's, it's connected to our souls. I mean, just in terms of just songs. I mean, 70% of the songs that are sung or written are about love. I mean, that's, that means like 100 million plus songs are about love. I mean, we are connected to it. I mean, for generations, I mean, basically the, the human story is connected about receiving love. And for some of us, I mean, it's been the, the highest point in our life, like our first love in a sense. Or it's been this idea of like loving your kids and you like discover this new kind of love that you thought you'd never had. 
And then there's love that you're like seeking or wanting. Maybe it's also love that's hurt you. It's like been also the, the reason why you've been disappointed the most in life. And some of us are scarred by it. I mean, love is all fun and games until it hurts, right? And it's just tough. And then there are people who are really hard to love. Anybody? So hard to love. So hard to love. And then there are people who are easy to love. Just easy to love. Easy to love. I remember once uh, this guy, I, I didn't ever hear the phrase like easy to love. And, and this guy was introducing me to somebody and they were like talking about me. And they're like, oh yeah, Naeem is so easy to love. And I thought, ha, 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 ha. you should really get to know me. Okay. Yeah. Isn't it true though? The more you know people, you're like, oh, it's harder actually. Yeah. It's easier to love everyone at a distance from afar. But when they get closer, it's like, ah. And the truth is that there are some people in our lives that might be easy to love. Uh, but then there are people who, are, who teach us to love. And so this morning, it's dedicated to them. It's dedicated to that person. You're like, oh my gosh, can you think of that person? You're like, it's so hard to love them. I mean, even to like them. Okay, to stand them. Like, to be in their presence, it's just so tough to do that. Here's the problem. The problem is you and I can just can have people like that. But those are the people who teach us to love. And you and I can't be separated from this idea of uh, being loving. Like our whole, um, you know, relationship with Jesus is connected to love. He loves us and he's wanting us to be the most loving people. So let me help you out here. Let me just show you this. In Galatians 5, maybe read it out with me. It's a short little verse here. All right, let's go. It says what? The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts. And the truth is, is that we can gather together and have all the story, Bible stories and prayer and all the things. And we can live our lives like really connected to the Spirit of God and uh, to do, encounter amazing things. Actually talk to people about God. We can have all these moments with God. But if, if we don't have love that expresses itself, uh, then we, 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 ha we have nothing. We have nothing. And we're going to jump right into it. And so it, I think it's extremely important for us to learn to be more loving. Learn to be more loving individuals. And it's tough to do it in this day and age. It's tough to do it in the U.S. sometimes. It's tough to do it at home. It's just tough. So I want to say, hey, we're not going to be great at it. I mean, we're not going to perfect this thing. But I say we move forward and see what God does. So let's jump right in and go, okay, what how do we define love? Because when I say love, you're thinking of either a love that's lost or a love of a spouse or you're, I don't know what you're thinking of. But I will say this. Love uh, here, just to illustrate this, love is kind of like um, mist. It's kind of like mist. It just, it just is. It's just, it's mist. Like you can't contain it. You can't capture it, but it captivates you and it controls us. It's, it's the strangest thing. And for so long, for so many generations, people have been trying to define love. And the Greeks had like six forms of love. And I mean, we can get into that. But what I want us to do is maybe look at some basic stuff about how do we actually move to get better at this? Because we can't really explain it. But it's something we've got to get better at because it will affect you. And I say, I think it's affecting some of us even right now, your family dynamics, your friend dynamics, uh, there's, 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 there's love that's in the middle of it. Maybe loss of love or um, not unmet love in a sense. So let's just jump in, right? 
if, it, if, if love is the most important thing in faith, if, and in faith is basically us expressing love, then what does, what is love all about? What, 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 is, it, what, what is it? What is it? Well, let's uh, look at Luke 6. Luke 6. Can you say Luke 6? Luke 6, 32 says this. If you love those, if you love those who love you, help me out, why should what? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it like, okay, like we, like we actually want to read it. I mean, not that we want to. Not that we want to, because it, it's, it's convicting. It's like, ah, oh, okay. If you love only those who love you, what? Why should you get credit for that? Which I think we should get credit for that. Right? We should. But that is Jesus. This is Jesus' word. says, hey, listen. Basically, what he's saying is, he's like, if you love the way the world loves, if you love the way humans like kind of grow up in it, if you love basically people who love you, it's, if love is defined by that, then you're missing out on something. So basically, he's basically setting up this idea that love is, is not what we have experienced as, as we grow up. Uh, there's a form of love, but it's, it's this love that has no credit. It has, it's, it's, not, um, it's not as pure as it is. And so what I would say is, is like, there is this love that is, I would say, depraved, sorry, deprived love, deprived love. Deprived love is about conditions. So you, like, you grow up and you're deprived of love and affection. Some of us grew up like that, and so we know love uh, like that. And so what the problem is, is that what we have to do is we have to meet that need. And for some of us, what we do is we get into relationships or we want people in relationships to fill a void. You complete me. Remember that phrase, anybody? Yeah, you complete me. Why? Because it's like, I'm not complete until I find someone. And see, that is a, a, is a subversive lie, especially if you're a single adult. Because you feel like you're, it's like this idea of like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm single. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm half. I'm not complete. And the most healthy single adults I've found is that they're, they're actually not, they don't think like that at all. They don't, they're not trying to get someone to fill a void in their life. But the truth is, you and I live a life like that. Basically, Jesus says is that this love that we've been used to is a love that says that I love the people who love me. It's like this connected, like you love uh, and accept people based on how much you've been loved and accepted, which we're like, Sounds good to me, but it's, it's not where God wants us uh, to be, and it's not how you grow in love. It's not. It's how you sustain or maintain it, but it's not how you really grow in love. Uh, it's not how you actually get to a point where you love people that are really tough to love. And right now, whoever you're thinking of, it might be the mother-in-law, it might be the mother, maybe the grandmother. I'm just going with all the mothers right now. Uh, it might be the dad. It might be the brother. It might be the friend, it might be the roommate, oh God, you know, it might be someone, and you're like, oh, it might be the ex, I, I don't know, but I think that we have to move out of this idea of depraved love, because that's um, where it gets us to, because it's based on condition, it gets us to us feeling that we are never enough to be loved. So if you and I have practiced or are in this idea of depraved, sorry, deprived love, we never... Um, we never think we're good enough. And some of us, we feel like that in relationships. And the problem is, is that we've been in relationships where it is extremely conditional. Like you've got to perform, you've got to do these things. 
and what's tough though is, is that we take that kind of love and we love our kids like that. And so they understand that our love for them is what? Conditional. And so they've got to act a certain way. They've got to behave a certain way. They've got uh, to do all these things. And you um, deprive them of love and affection based on how they perform. And the problem is, is that we just think this is it. This is love. And this is not love that God is talking about. It is uh, deprived love. And then there is depraved love. Okay, not deprived as in I'm depriving you. Depraved is this idea of it's corrupt. It's, it's not about condition. It's really about control. And some of us have been in relationships like that. Sadly, we've been in relationships where, where you don't even realize it, but the other person has an agenda, has an agenda to change you. They have a great plan for your life. They really want you to fulfill it. Um, man, they're going to manipulate a lot of stuff to make it happen. You don't even know it's happening. You've heard the term gaslighting anybody. That exists in this, uh, these kind of uh, love relationships because it's depraved. There, there's something twisted about it. And the people keep on staying in those relationships. And you don't know. You don't know why this person continues to stay. Maybe you've had this conversation with people like, you say, hey, listen, why don't you quit that job? Why do you keep working there when they treat you like that? Or why are you still in that relationship? Because there is a love there. It's not pure love. It's not a divine love. It's, it's, it's depraved. But it still feels like love. So people will just stay. People will continue to stay and stay and stay and stay. The problem is, friends, is that when we only experience this the love that's deprived of us, so we're always looking for it and always wanting to be filled with it, or we're always like, you know, being controlled by it, we'll do the same thing. We'll do the, exactly the same thing. So that's why Jesus is like, hey, hey, if you only love, if your definition of love is basically how other people react to you, if, if your love is connected to their action or reaction, if that's it, then you're not really tapping into the love that I'm talking about. And so what he does is he actually gives the, the disciples a new commandment. So there is a passage where, and there's a point in Jesus' teaching where he's talking about the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, like the, the, the number one commandment was, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, and love your neighbor, help me out, with, as yourself. That was the Old Testament definition of love. Love your neighbor as yourself, which people kind of lived by, and then people would ask Jesus, right, who is my what? Who is my neighbor? So who do I, who do I, who, do, who, who can I treat badly? Like, that's what I want to know. You know, I just, I just want to take advantage of someone. Like who? Okay. Like the guy in the next block, is that okay? Like, how, let's, let's draw some lines. What's happening? And so the people in Jesus' times was used, were used to this. The, have you heard of the eye for an eye? Right? Same idea, same concept. Same mindset where it says, uh, well, you only love those who people, people who love you. You curse people who curse you. Eye for an eye. Um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, that's how it works. And then Jesus just changes the Old Testament teaching. And that's one of the reasons why he got killed is because he kept on moving it and getting them deeper into what really God was all about. And he said, here's what I'm, I'm going to tell you. 
I'm giving you, he says this in John 13. Let's put that up. It says here, I'm giving you a new, what? Commandment. Love each other just what? As what? Uh, help me out again. As what? As what? I have loved you. Very different. He's like, I don't want you to love. I don't want you to love how you've been loved. I want you to love the way I love you. So he's moving us out from this deprived or depraved love. He's moving us into a divine kind of unconditional love. He's saying, I want you to treat people the way I treat you. Like, like the amount of mercy and grace I give you, the amount of encouragement I give you, the, more, the amount of thoughtfulness I put towards you, I want you to treat people like that, which is extremely hard to do. And this, that's why really truly loving people is the, the big thing. Why? Because Galatians says here, Galatians says, let me read this, it says, the only thing that counts in faith is faith expressing itself through love. It's like it kind of boils down to this. In fact, the New Testament kind of harps on like it all hinges on love. So like a door, your spiritual door hinges on what? The hinge points are what? Love, 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 love. The only thing that will last is love. And he's not talking about the love that you and I have experienced before or grown up in. He's talking about, hey, I want you to love like uh I have loved you. And so that, friends, is a huge challenge. But then he says, he says, this, this is how you should love each other. Like, I've loved you. And then he says, your love. What love is he talking about, right? He's not talking about depraved or deprived. He's, not, he's talking about this, this, the way I've loved you. He says, your love for one another will do what? Will prove to the who? To the world that you are my what? Disciples. He's like, I love the banners. I love the bands. You know what I'm saying? I love the t-shirts. Whoo, nice. Like it. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Okay, that's good. Put my face on everything. That's great. Let's have some Christian slogans. Yeah, write some songs. Whoo, let's do that. Let's be, you know, you know uh, I don't know. If you want to put people in power to make control people, whatever, do whatever, 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 figure out, you know, buy billboards, do the thing, spend the money, just telling people about me. Let me just tell you when it, you dumb it down, here's how people will know that you are my disciples. Here's, if, if people are looking for a proof of life, if they're looking that I exist, that I move, that I care, that I feel, that I accept, if that's happening, if, that, if, if you want that to happen, let me tell you how it's going to happen. It's going to happen if you love one another the way I have loved you. The, the, the only shot that we have of just showing the world who's looking. Different religions are kind of looking around. All of humanity is looking, looking for answers. And they don't find it in Christianity because what they find in Christianity, honestly, is just another bunch of concepts and theology and doctrine that all the other religions have. The truth is people give up on like, like God and Christians before they give up on God. Because they're like, ah, I don't see it. I don't see it. So 
here God is saying, I need you to really understand that you and I have to tap into how does God love me? And then how am I going to love my spouse? How am I going to love my friends, uh, um, my coworkers, my neighbors, people around me? Also, that includes people in traffic. <sighs> I know, I know. People in traffic that you name call. No more. I mean, man, could you, could, could you imagine if Jesus, Jesus said like, hey, no more name calling in traffic. You'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. Good, good knowing you, Jesus. I'm going to be something else, you know? Because it's, 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 it's tough. But love is hard. Love is complicated. Love is not for the weak at heart. No. Love is for the brave, yo. Love, is, love, is, love requires all kinds of vulnerability. Love, true love, like the kind of love he's talking about, it requires that you do something and they never re repay you back. You, you express something, you open up, and they shut down. It requires you put yourself out there and you get crucified for it, which is exactly what Jesus did. Like love is, man, this kind of divine love is not like, oh, let's write songs about it. No, 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 no. No, this is going to be like, wow, I'm, this is going to require all of me. Uh, so what does it look like? What does divine love look like? Let me give you three things really quick just to, just to give you a handle on it. Number one, divine love is... is is whole. It's, it's a whole thing. It's like being whole, being fully complete. See, in Christianity and most religions, the idea is really about being holy, right? And I've said this before, I'll say it again. If, if you will be honest, uh, God will make you holy. But if you pretend to be holy, you're never honest. And so God really wants us to be honest. And being whole uh, is the first step in divine love. Just being, be, be, being whole, understanding that you are enough, that you are created by God, that you don't need to become someone else to get affection, attention, or love, to, to be loved completely. You, you, you are whole. You are not a half. Here, First uh, John says, we love because he first, what? Loved us. And what, he's, what he's saying here is not like, okay, he went first. No, he's saying is like, he's, his love has captured our hearts and our minds so much that it's changed our souls to where we are okay with who we are. And fundamentally, friends, I mean, it's hard to receive and give love because some of us look in the mirror and we do not love who we are. Some of us don't look in the mirror at all. Some of us look in the mirror too much. Maybe me. But we just have this, we, we're not whole. The first step is be whole. That means like, like honestly, it's a little bit of work. I mean, you've had, you, some of you, you were abandoned. And you don't want to ever say that out loud. And you never thought of it that way. But you were abandoned. You're like, name, I was, I was old enough to be like, but, but you were abandoned, right? And if you think about it, you're like, yeah. Some of us have to deal with major codependency in our relationships. I mean, you feel good if they feel good about you. You're not good if they're not good with you. We got a problem. We're not whole. We're not whole, we, we're, we're not whole, that's not divine. Some of us have to deal with rejection uh, because of 
lack of trust because of some issues and you're like, I can't believe this person did this. And, and man, friends, we have got to do this. And this might be the biggest thing for some of us. Because if you don't move past that rejection of that ex-spouse, man, it's, you're going to go into another relationship either with depraved love or deprived love. Not this kind of love. So what do we have to do to be whole? Number two, it's intentional. Divine love is intentional. If you're taking notes, it's, it is intentional. It's intentional. It is. First um, Corinthians, this is a, a passage that you might have heard before. It says, if I, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such great faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be, help me out, I would be what? Nothing. Since it doesn't amount to anything. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. I could boast about it. I could put it on Instagram. I could do that for sure. Facebook doesn't hear about it. I could do that. But, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained what? Nothing. Right here, the writer, Paul is talking about divine love. He's like, I, I know you do all the things, the actions, but there's something deeper there's something deeper. There's the intention. And the intention is that I'm choosing to love someone even though it is extremely hard to love them. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Recently, you know, I've been um, traveling a little bit. And so I was on a flight and um, I, I turned to the, uh, the guy next to me and I, was, I noticed something that he was reading. And usually, you know, I try to see, okay, God, is there a, a conversation I need to have? I don't know. And sometimes I'm like, I do not want to have a conversation. I want to fall asleep. Okay. And that's what I want to do. And, uh, but this time around, I looked and he was reading a book. Um, I think it was called Nonviolent Communication. And I was like, that is fascinating. So I started talking to him. The guy's uh, Dutch. And so we had a great conversation um, talking about communications and and uh, people, and, and then turn into like, what do you do, and what does he do, and all that, and, and then it turned into, um, yeah, God, and the universe, and all that, and so I was like, uh, yeah, well, so, you know, we were just talking, he said, you know, I respect, respect what you do, and because uh, I kind of tell him that my conversion story, not the story, but the fact that I was Muslim, and now I'm Christian pastor, he goes, that's fascinating, he goes, I don't really believe, you know, honestly, that's good for you, I mean, I really don't believe this God, and I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. I understand that. I understand that. Because that's the best. I understand that. I, I get it. I said, tell me why, you know? He was like, you know, well, because I just think there's, there's so many things that are random. And also, I mean, uh, you know, I don't need someone up there telling me how to live and how to be good. Uh, I can just be good. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Interesting. And um, I said, so, I said, so why, why, why would you be kind and loving towards people then? If everything doesn't, really matter and we're all going to just kind of combust and and that's it we we had a good run and we're done right why don't we just end it you know why do i why do i have to be nice to anybody to you even you know like why and he was like well because if you're nice to me and we're kind to each other and loving to to each other it just makes a better world and i was like huh huh that's interesting yeah i said i that makes sense he said but i don't need someone 
I said, you know what's interesting about that, what you said is, is that I think that regardless of what you believe about faith or God or a particular religion, I do believe that, uh, that there is someone behind all of this. And he was like, I just don't think it's, there's someone behind it. And I was like, the reason why I believe that is because I believe that it's not random. I believe that it's intentional. And he was like, what? And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. I said, because, because, because love is intentional. And there's intention behind everything in the universe. He said, you just told me that you're going to choose to be kind because you have intention. You're not going to be random. There's something about our existence that is intentional. So it's extremely hard for me to think that it's all random. Because if you believe in love, which you do, then you believe in intention. If you believe in intention, there's some intentionality happening in the universe. And I just happen to believe that it's the God of the universe who sent his son, Jesus, who's very intent and very intentional in coming down. And so we had a great, great conversation, told him about my book and all that. He was like, oh, I'll read your book. And I was like, okay, go for it. Hey, you know, that's great. But I just, I, under, uh, I think that we, what we don't realize is that we just think love should be just, just happen. <laughs> like, we should just like someone and be good to the people we like, and we should be rude to the people we don't like, and that's it, and love just happens. It's love at first sight, maybe second sight, I don't know. Um, we just go, okay, I, this could be the one, I'm not quite sure. It's just, there's a lot of like emotion connected to love, but the truth is that there has to be intention connected to love, because the people who are so easy to love right now and you love them because you're easy to love, what are you and I going to do when they get hard to love? Would we stop loving them? And that's why people, in a sense, fall out of love. Because they've not known love to be intentional. Love, my friends, is an extremely intentional thing. Um, and we have to understand that. The third thing is we have to be patient. You have to be patient. Love, this divine love, is patient. Let me read you this. One, First Corinthians says this. It says, 13, it says, love, love never gives up. This is the message translation, so this is fun. It says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. What? Uh, love doesn't strut, uh, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others isn't always me first love i mean doesn't fly off the handle what? oh my gosh okay we, we got work to do don't we huh. doesn't keep score of the sins of others where's all the fun like i mean what like what <laughs> what it says it uh, it keeps on going it says trust god always always looks for the best Never looks back, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love is patient. It is patient. I think for some of us, your next step is really understanding that divine love is extremely patient. Because I feel like some of us might be, might be waiting for that person to become lovable. We're just waiting for them to just 
just get there a little bit. Just, just, just get there. You know, I got the privilege of like, spending um, some time with the youth camp that we had this past um, week. Uh, Sam and his team took a bunch of students uh, to, uh, to camp. I got to speak the last night. And I was talking about this idea of um, them having a voice into the future and our kids need a voice. And some of the things that have taken away their, their, um, their courage to actually speak up has been actually, or taken their words away, have been the words that have spoken on them. And I, can, I remember looking into the kids' eyes and looking and said, you know, some of, some of you, um, you know, you might have some people in your life that you really love. Uh, they're just waiting for you to change and get better. They're just waiting for you to change. And they're just basically saying, I wish you were someone else. I wish you were better. And this is very tricky I, I, because I'm a parent and I understand this is sensitive. I feel sometimes parents and grandparents, sometimes we inter interact with kids in the next generation, and we're just saying, you know what, I just wish you were better. I just wish you'd grow up. I just wish you were someone else. And that, the problem is, is that, that we grew up with a love that was never patient for us, patient with us, and so we're impatient. And some of uh, our family, our friends maybe, uh, didn't wait for us to grow. They want us to grow in their speed, their time. You know what? Grow up already. That's the phrase. Hey, 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 why, why aren't you here yet? Uh, I, I've got a timetable for your life. I'm not going to tell you, but I will judge you based on it. And you're not meeting it. And you're not growing up. You're not growing up. And I don't know about you, but God loves to watch us grow. God loves to watch us grow. When he sent Jesus, he didn't send him as Adam, basically fully, fully grown. He watched Jesus grow and grow and grow and grow. And I wonder how he felt. I wonder if you've ever realized that when God sees you and you're like, oh man, I can't believe I'm fumbling over the, these things and I can't get myself together and I'm not where I want to be. You think God is saying, grow up already? Or God's saying, hey, I love to watch you grow. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. So what would that have, What would that look like in our lives if we loved like that? If you loved people with that kind of patience, always, always looking for the best, never looking back, keeps on going, never giving up on people. Is it hard to do? Of course it is. That's why I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it because I'm not great at this. I, I have a very hard time with this, but I do know my faith hinges on that. Everything I do hinges on how well I love the people in my life. I can say and do things all day long. I can get to the, I can get all the stuff in the world. But at the end of the day, if I don't love people well, if we don't love each other well, man, it does not matter. Nothing matters. Basically, if love is not intentional love, it's just random and nothing, nothing matters. So, who is the most unloving person in your life right now? 
Who annoys the bejesus, you know, out of you? Who is just like gets on your ever-loving <laughs> nerve? And you're like, oh my gosh, what to do? Oh my God. And when I see them on Facebook, I lose it. Unfriend them. Just don't see them. That might be the most loving thing you could do because you have terrible thoughts about them. So just get rid of that. Who is that person? So let me leave you with this. Because if we've talked about this idea of what love is and how it works and why we should and all that, a practical way. Let me give you a super practical way. Okay, this is what this is the this is the question um, that you need to ask yourself in every moment or every other moment or in certain moments. Maybe even today, as you figure out where you're gonna go eat and what we're gonna do, and people change their plans, and you're like ah, and whatever. whatever. Well, this is the thought. This is the thought. What is the most loving thing? What is the most loving thing I can do? Say or think in this moment what is the not, not the not, not the no what is the most loving thing i can do right now and that might be just back off what is the most loving thing you can say say nothing oh naim Whew. yeah just say nothing oh what is it say something that as it comes out of your mouth you're like i don't even believe this But you say it. You say it. Why? Because it's the most loving thing you can say. Naeem, I don't think this about them. I get it. But what is, what is the most loving thought you can have about this person? Naeem, I don't know why they didn't do this. As they fill in the blank here. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. What is the most loving thing you can put in that blank? The reason why they did not show up. The reason why whatever. What is the most loving thing? So the question again, and I'll pray for us. What is the most loving thing I can do? I can say, or I can what? Think in, in, in this moment. And friends, that will be a game changer for us. And for those of you who were like, you know what, name this is great, but I mean, I'm still stuck on that whole idea of like being whole. I've only, I've, have only, you know, not ever had enough love in my life or honestly, I don't even know if I'm lovable. Well, next week, we're going to talk about that. But I'll leave you with this passage in Hosea 14. It says, I will heal you and love you without what? Limit. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to reorient your soul for a second. So I want you, if you don't mind, if you're watching, just, just close your eyes if you can. Just close your eyes. And I want you to meditate on this passage. I will heal you. Just close your eyes and I'll just read this over you. I will heal you and love you without limit. I will heal you and love you without limit limit. God, you will heal me and love me without limit. God, for some of us, 
we do need, we do need supernatural healing. God, love has wounded us to, the, to such a degree that we don't truly love or allow ourselves to love because we've been hurt. God, God, some of us are just thinking, God, I, I, I will never, I never want to love like that again because I did that and it just broke me. God, I pray that your love for us would heal us, would heal us, will heal our minds, our souls, heal our spirits, because it has been so traumatized by the lack of love, by a depraved love that controlled everything, manipulated everything, that we didn't even know what was up and down. We lost our identity because of that depraved love. Because for some of us, we've been deprived of it so much. We're just wanting someone to just look our way. Someone to just care. God, you will heal us. And you will love us without limit. So God, I pray that your spirit would do its work today. That as for some of us, if we, if we go to the cross, God, we would know why we're going to the cross. What we're putting on the cross. For some of us, if we go light a candle, God, we, we acknowledge, God, that we're going to start praying for the person in our lives that really is teaching us to love because they're so hard to love. God, I, I pray that if we receive communion, if you come and receive communion today during response, we allow ourselves to just stop and consider how much you've loved us, that you gave up your life for us. But more than that, God, you gave us an open heaven so we can have a relationship with you. So God, I pray, just do your work as we respond. Let's stand. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.